Boom. We are live. Hello, world. Welcome to the Illusions Destroyed podcast. It is Sunday, September 2nd, 2 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 3 o'clock on the Eastern Seaboard. I'm Garrett Vassell, and alongside with me are my beautiful co-hosts, Tasha Rose and Chris Jackson. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Sunday. Chris, how is New York? New York is good. Um, you know, get to see my old friends and pretend like I'm a teenager again for a brief period of time, but I am paying for it now because my almost 38-year-old body <laughs> is not the same as when it was 19. So. Tasha, does Chris sound kind of weird to you? He does. He sounds crackly. Your microphone really? is off or something. Yeah. Hmm. Let me see what I can do about that. Just drop the call and I'll call you back in. Hold on. Does that sound any better? No, it's still... It, I don't know what the deal is. It wasn't the fan. It's like some sort of... audio issue. Come out of the call and come back in real quick. That that sure. fixed it last time. Because okay. Tasha and I sound wonderful. Yeah, I I I don't um, hear anything bad on your end. It, mind. It's see already. I can tell that Chris sounds better. Can you see me? No, but you sound crystal clear. There we go. I'm good now. Yep, that's weird. Okay. That was weird. Well, we're not redoing the intros, <laughs> but we're here. So you were up in New York for a wedding? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. My best friend, Mary, she got married and uh, great husband, Tom. Cheers. Now. You looked good. I said, I saw, saw the pictures you posted. You looked good. Mm -hmm. I, I neglected to post any pictures of, of me in the suit though, unfortunately. But um, That's fine. It's the wedding is about them. It's not about you. Yes, that's very good <laughs> Yes, you're absolutely right. I was not trying to say otherwise, but, but yeah, it's a great time. Have you noticed that it's when people time. go to weddings and they, you know, post pictures about it, it's usually pictures of themselves at the wedding and then some sort of congratulations to so-and-so for getting married and there's not a picture of the married couple? Right, that's why we banned cameras. That's part of the reason. You're like, we don't want 10 million pictures of our wedding out there of people like just being selfish <laughs> I have no, it's not about them it's about us you're here to celebrate us and we're we get to be selfish yeah we're okay. the ones that paid oh. for this whole thing <laughs> no cameras speaking of that did you guys see the woman who tried to put together a sixty thousand dollar wedding and tried to pay for it by having her friends that attended pay fifteen hundred dollars each didn't hear about it but i did i well i heard paul talk about it yeah i i figured that's how you the future i had seen that the article and she wrote this really really long facebook post basically saying like you know you guys are all backstabbing bitches and you know oh my god all i wanted all i wanted was my dream wedding who doesn't want a dream wedding hold on i'm gonna find it 
yeah, and then, your dream wedding. <laughs> and then I guess the couple got divorced because of it. Well, they broke up, right. Oh, that's what I mean, yeah. Sorry, they weren't married. Well, I mean, I think that he probably did the smart thing running away from a train wreck like that, sure. frankly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm trying to find the... Talk about Brian Villa. Oh, absolutely. I mean... How insane is that, though? Expecting your guests to pay for your wedding? Right. And she cancels it. One... Oh, go ahead. She canceled it four days before the wedding. I saw one um, just this past week, and it was a cute homey wedding, but they had everybody potluck it. Like, uh, that's kind of cheesy. A homey wedding. wedding. But you're supposed to be supplying the food here for your not Never asking heard. people to potluck your wedding. Never heard of a bring your own food wedding. That's right. <laughs> that's just silly. Okay, I just want to read this to. We'll talk about serious things in a second, but I just wanted to read this to you, Tasha, because if you hadn't seen the Facebook post, it's absolutely hysterical. So this is from Susan. Of course, it's always a Susan. <laughs> anyway, okay, so. Here we go. Dear friends, it comes with great sadness that I am announcing the cancellation of the redacted wedding. I apologize for canceling only four days beforehand. Unfortunately, so-and-so and I have broken up due to some recent and irreparable problems. We have decided to end our relationship and not go forth with any future proceedings. However, we are remaining civil and are still a team for our son. Oh, geez. After hours of tears, mental exhaustion, and even disassociation, I have come to this decision. In one hour after posting this status, I'm going to delete my Facebook. Holy shit. This, woman, yeah. this woman's nuts. Okay, it goes on, it goes on. Okay. Talking about her wedding. I specifically asked for cash gifts. How could we have had our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding? We'd sacrifice so much and only asked each guest for around $1,500. We talked to a few people who even promised us more to make our dream come true. My maid of honor, who shall not be named, pledged $5,000 along with her planning services. We tearfully thanked and accepted. My ex's family, so this is her now ex, uh, the guy she was going to marry, offered to contribute $3,000. So our request for 1500 for all other guests was not fucking out of the ordinary. <laughs> like, we made it clear. If you couldn't contribute, you weren't invited to our exclusive wedding. It's a once-in-a-lifetime party. Okay, first of all, it's once-in-a-lifetime, not once-and-a-lifetime. That's two different things. Yeah, this... Okay. That's like when people say tongue ends cheek. Right, right. My ex came into the... Okay, so this is after people said no. My ex came into the room and offered to get a Vegas wedding done. I laughed at his face, but he was dead serious. He wanted those cheap, raggedy, filthy, whore-like Vegas weddings. Maybe he was just concerned about marrying you. No kidding. You dope. <laughs> the, the first comments... The first comment to her... Extremely long status. I have no words out of your mind, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> she 
is out of her mind. I'm gonna oh I'm gonna post the link to these to this uh, status though on our page because it's absolutely hysterical. Didn't she say something about deserving a Kardashian wedding or something like that? Yeah, uh, to the effect of I wanted the Kardashian wedding. Yeah, I mean. She's insane. Like, certifiable, probably a borderline, like, get out of town. That guy just did himself a solid running away from her, I tell really? you what. Really? He does oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. This is absolutely hysterical. So, yeah. So, if you meet someone like that, uh, run. Run. <laughs> don't look back. Don't question, well, what if we had? No, just don't. Mm -hmm. Just run. Her, her maid of honor, like, even, I think, donated, like, five grand. And then, you know, took it back when people started dropping off of the invite list because <laughs> they weren't coming up with $1,500. We sacrificed, and all we expected was $1,500 from each Seriously. Guy. They set up a GoFundMe, and it got them a total of $250. <laughs> I think crowdfunding has so contributed to entitlement culture you know everybody has a gofundme for every freaking thing it's like you know what i'm sorry that you can't get your life together it's just like i can understand it for something like major medical issues that you know your insurance or your health share or whatever doesn't cover i get it like that's what it should be used for but oh well i can't make rent and i can't pay for my wedding and i gotta get my car fixed shut up Get your life together. And apparently, one of the reasons they broke up was because her ex uh, called her a stuck-up bitch. I mean, sounds pretty accurate. Oh, that is... Well, that's that's the state of America right now. That's... Yeah. Right. That's yeah. America is a reality TV show. Pretty really. of entitlement where people want their Kardashian wedding. Oh, I want to find that quote. Oh, here we go. So this woman says that her have, you know, a big over-the-top wedding, which that's a pretty low dream. Like that's not that's not dreaming really big. People want to be astronauts. People want to change the world. This woman wanted to get married. That's that was it. That was the pinnacle. It's 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 all insecurity based. She didn't want to get married. She didn't want to get married. Right. She wanted to have a wedding. Wedding. Yes. I just wanted to be a Kardashian for a day and then live my life like normal. I called her a filthy effing poor of an excuse of a friend and hung up. That was to her best friends slash made of, yeah. Right. Because Susan's insane. Speaking of insane, yesterday there were funerals. We had a lot of famous people dying and people used it as an opportunity to really honor the deceased, um, really pay their respects to those who had served our country and to those who uh, stood up for inequality. You know, they really honored those lives yesterday by making the entire thing about Trump. Right. 
anti-Trump propaganda. And that's that's why we have the title. The title is which Tasha came up with. What is remembered lives. So not a whole lot was said about the deceased. It was mostly uh, gaslighting and you know rallying people to talk about the Orient and you know the bigot in the White House and the New York the New Yorker uh, talks about John McCain's funeral. They ran a title: "John McCain's funeral was the biggest resistance meeting yet." First word about the about the uh, John McCain funeral. First first sentence: Donald Trump. His name was never mentioned. It didn't have to be. The funeral service for John Sidney McCain III at the Wa Washington National Cathedral on this swampy Saturday morning was all about a rebuke to the pointedly uninvited president of the United States, states, which was exactly how McCain had planned it. <laughs> See, I got from the Chicago Tribune, Trump was absent and his name never invoked, but the entire service was animated by a sustained rebellion against the president's worldview and his singular brand of politics. How were they rebelling? <laughs> even, they said even, mean things. Even Meghan McCain, it, during her eulogy, dropped the line, the America of John McCain doesn't need to be made great again because it was always great. God, and that's got to send people into a tizzy hearing that America was always great, you know, because America was never great because... Native Americans lost their land and because we had slavery and because women weren't always equal and the gender pay, the, yeah, gender wage gap and, you know, homosexuals aren't treated with the utmost dignity. So America was never great. How can, how can she say something like that and then get behind it? But John McCain's America was. Always oh, John McCain's America. That's so weird to me how. Eight years ago, ten years ago, John McCain was a racist, and uh, you know all the all the slurs that he wanted to say about the current president, people were saying about him, and he was a dumbass for uh, selecting Sarah Palin as his running mate, and now all of a sudden he's this hero. Right, he was totally all of those dumbass <laughs> things. He, you know, I think at one point in time he was a hero. Um. But he has also contributed to a lot of uh, warmongering and devastation in the country. Has he been cooperative and, and been able to reach across the aisle on a lot of things? Sure. But he is also a horrible person. And, like, I, I don't understand how we can have these two or ha have this flip. It's not even holding two things at the same time as true. Like, he was a hero, and he's also a warmonger. Same time. Those are both true. It's not. He's a hero. Oh, wait, no, he's a warmonger. Oh, no, no, no. He's a hero because it's convenient for us now. And when did we have a separate America that was just John McCain's? <laughs> it's kind of the question. Soon That's like my us. truth and your truth and her truth and Z's truth Z. and John McCain's America. It's just but, bizarre to me. I mean, it's absolutely baffling that all of a sudden they want to praise the guy. Right. It's, it's obvious that, you know, 
the common denominator to being somebody to revere these days is being anti-Trump. That's it. Right. That's it. It, yeah. really, it really doesn't matter if that's the only thing that they have in common with each other. The left will praise these people as heroes, put yeah. them up on pedestals and, and, you know, act like everything they say is gospel, you know? Right. I mean, even people peripherally involved with the Trump campaign. Mrs. Pence was here this past week for, um, uh, uh, Mike Pence was here, and there was a whole bunch of Republican stuff going on. So Mrs. Pence was here in Minnesota, and she went to the U of M to the B Lab at the U of M. And there was this big protest in the B Lab, and like rainbow flags and fists in the air, and all white students, you know. <laughs> And they're like, we're resisting. What are you resisting? What did she do? We're here resisting hatred and bigotry. And what did she do besides be married to Mike Pence, who is the vice president to Donald Trump? Like, what did she do? We have to resist. We, receipts. we, we have, have to, to resist. resist her. It's, yes, because she's a tyrant. There's no message. Like, there's no message other than, oh, well, I don't. I don't like what he's doing. Okay, well, what do, what do you suggest? Oh, well, I just, you know, I just know he's not doing it right. Well, the problem is, is that they don't have any clue what Trump's doing except for what CNN spins in their ear. Right. I had a friend try to tell me the other day that CNN was pretty middle of the road. <laughs> they were supposed to be. MSNBC because CNN told them the that they were in the middle of the that's, road? Yeah, that's that kind of, I think it's because he reads it, and so he, you know, he's like, well, I'm, I'm pretty moderate, and I, I read CNN, so, you know. But to be fair, Fox News claims to be, you know, moderate as well. Right. Not anymore. They used to. Unbiased and, you know, whatever, however, whatever their catch slogan is. Hold on. It, it was something, because I, I, I looked this up the other day. It was, they used to be, uh, fair and unbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. Fair and balanced. And now it's, now it's a uh, real news, real honest opinion. So it's like, they, well, they, they tell you right there that they give opinions. Have, like they're, yes, they're an entertain infotainment news and right. Whereas. CNN is, we are completely facts and reality all the time. Yeah, we, right. <laughs> you can't go against us. Was it CNN who had that ad that, this is an apple. Some people will tell you that it's a banana. Yes, yes. <laughs> Feminists changed that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a penis. Yeah. Some people will tell you. <laughs> the most trusted name in news. That's. CNN? Yeah. Okay. Says who? <laughs> Says CNN. So you the, know it's true. Not ratings. I think they're the most untrusted <laughs> news lately. And not um, ratings wise. Right. Um, I sort of lost my way, but but not that long ago, my 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 underlying position was sort of against the two party system and sort of against the left versus right narrative and i think i got to get back to that because you know reading these articles on mccain's funerals are um i i just i i see how both parties are deceptive in their own ways and how they are 
sort of hand in hand making a mockery in this country. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're holding hands just going, you act like a jerk and I will too. And everyone will be so fucking confused. And that's, that's just seems like, do I, do I trust a Fox news more than I trust a CNN slightly, but you know, they're both garbage really. What it is what it comes down to. I respect Tucker Carlson because I think that he, uh, he has a pretty moderate, though right-leaning view. Um, and I think he gets it better than most people I see on TV. But besides that, I, th I think it's all junk. I really do. You need to go push that motorcyclist. Yeah. So we also had Aretha Franklin's funeral. We did. And a lot of stuff happened there. A lot of, Nothing happened. A lot of stuff. A lot of action. You had. So, so what is going to be remembered from Aretha Franklin's funeral? Not Aretha Franklin. Not at all. I didn't even realize it was her funeral. I thought it was just a bunch of people going to church, hanging out. So what I'm going to remember. Yes, let's talk about what we will remember. Staring at Ariana Grande's backside. And just and loving it. Not even yeah, like he's letting the saliva drip and everything. The, the the memes from it are absolutely incredible. I saw one that was like, <laughs> I want someone that looks at me like Bill Clinton looks at every woman, not Hillary. It's horrible. It's so horrible. And there are people who are still holding Bill Clinton as like this pinnacle of virtue. And it's like, why? Because he's a Democrat? That's the only reason. Because he's Hillary's husband? That's the only reason. Like, it's, it's insane. He's sitting there, like, pull your tongue up, Bill. I have a theory. I believe that their marriage was completely one of business. Oh, yeah, Hillary Clinton's a lesbian. Uh, yeah, like, I, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything to say whether that's true or false, but, but uh, their, their, their marriage completely seems to be business I have it under good authority from people in the Secret Service. I, I have family members that are in the FBI, and one of them was on George Bush's uh, W's Secret Service team. And okay. um, I had heard at a family gathering, our family gathering, you know, we talk, and uh, he had said that, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, I've seen her and her girlfriend get on Air Force One together. And just... Casually, I mean, they don't even, you know, when there's no cameras around or anything, there's no need to hide it. So, like, they understand it's a business relationship. So it's 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 widely known in D.C. that that she's into women. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't. I w I wouldn't say like. I mean, because you know, if you first of all, if you bring that up, if you're running for office, you got to think of it that way. Like, if you're running for office. Uh, and you say, oh, well, she's, you know, into women and all that. Like, all they have to do is say, well, no, because I'm married to Bill and I have a kid and then you look like an idiot. Well, right. honestly, isn't this the best time for her to come out? Like, wouldn't that help her? She's got so many health climate? issues. She's got so many health problems and stuff. The last thing so, she needs to deal with is being interviewed and go on the talk show circuit to talk about her sexuality. That's fair. But yeah, but yeah, so... Bill Clinton looking at other women is par for the course. It's probably been going on there. I mean, it, it has been going on their entire marriage. So it's just, well, I mean, it's funny how creepy looking he is. 
he's so creepy looking, especially now that he's gotten skinnier and old. Yeah, he does he's not look like, good. And he just, his mouth hangs open all the time, and he's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like a fox, you know, like the creepy cartoon version of a fox who's going to go yeah. to a chicken, you know? He's so creepy. Did you guys ever see, I, I, I can't remember, I'm sorry, uh, who the comedian was, but there was a comedian back, I believe it was during Clinton's uh, president term and presidency whatever and um he was telling a story about how his mom grew up it's john mulaney uh, it's john mulaney that's the comedian was it was it during his presidency because i kind of remember it was being before he was talking about it when uh bill clinton was running for president how his his mom was like charmed they went to college together yeah so his mom and and she was like really into him because how charming he was and then like years later I think he made a pass at her while Mulaney was a kid. They went to a campaign event and she ran up to Bill Clinton and basically said, I don't know if you remember me. And Bill just immediately like remembered her name and said, Oh, Hey, Helen. Right. So, you know, cause he doesn't got, forget this is the rep he has. Right. No, he, <laughs> he never forgets a lady's name. Exactly. He's a, uh, yeah, he's a quite a guy. And then back to Ariana Grande. And you mean Aretha Franklin? Men. Right, that's what I mean, Aretha Franklin, the pastor. And I don't know his name. I just don't care because he's a pig. The pastor in the big debate as to whether or not he groped her, and his half-hearted apology about what happened. Have you guys seen the video of it? Not the apology. I'm trying to, okay. Pastor Charles H. Ellis III. Because he was just being a little, in his words, too friendly. Too friendly, yes. Maybe mm. I was too friendly. Maybe I was too friendly. put his arm around her, and she very visibly moved her body away from him. It was so cringe. And it was. And she's like, you know, moving her body away, giving all of these very polite but obvious social cues to back off. And he grabs a hold of her breast on the side of her breast and pulls her closer to him and then keeps groping her in front of this entire church full of people who are there to mourn Aretha Franklin. And, I mean, it's... It's not good optics. It does not look good. But she could not have looked more uncomfortable. It goes back, and I, I've seen people, you know, say, "Oh, this toxic masculinity and whatnot." But it's like it, it. There is something to men being handsy, mm -hmm. especially with people they're not even familiar with. But it's right. I mean, they had never met. He just got done saying that he'd never met this girl before. This young woman. He'd never met her before. He's 60 something years old. She's what, early 20s? Yeah, like 22. And he's groping her in front of this whole, and I mean, in front of people or not, it's not okay. Right. But in front of this mass of people, and she's right. like trying not to embarrass him, you know, because that's what women are trained to do is be polite and don't embarrass him, you know. 
And so she's not like moving his hand or like, she's just trying to use her body to do it. And he keeps, he keeps pressing on and she is captive. Like she was mm -hmm. captive. Mm -hmm. And when I see people saying that this is an overreaction on other people's part, I just want to shake them and throw them against the wall, honestly. He was also called out for his uh, comment about, you know, I saw the name Ariana Grande and thought it was a Taco Bell oh. menu item. Uh, first of all, oh, you didn't, yeah, yeah he uh, said when he looked at the program uh, that he didn't even recognize who the name was. He thought it was a, and he made the joke that I thought it was a new Taco Bell menu item. I hadn't heard that right away, and then I, I posted a video earlier of a, um, a black man calling out this whole thing, and um, he's like, and how dare you? you, you do that after disrespecting her pretending she's some kind of and this I mean look that goes into that mindset though she's Ariana Grande she's a Taco Bell meal item like think about that a little bit think about the psychology of that she's a meal item that I'm going to grope on stage in front of people because I'm entitled to that yeah it, it was gross and then he said so he in his in part of his apology he said listen maybe it's just a joke that went bad but when you're doing a program for nine hours, Jesus, that was a nine hour funeral. That's hell. But when you're doing a program for nine hours, you know, you try to keep it lively. You try to make some funny references and what have you. How is that? What does that have anything to do with Aretha Franklin, the deceased? Like, you know, what I, you know what I think it was? I think it was him trying to diminish Ariana Grande's person and somehow take some sort of onus off of him. Right. But he just ended up looking like a racist on top of everything else. Yeah, he said, if it was taken to be an offensive statement, I apologize. If it was taken to be a racist statement, like, I understand, like, it's, you know, he made a joke, and I don't want to be someone to, oh, you can't make jokes, you can't say things like that. But the, all of those people there are the types of people to, if Donald Trump had said something to that effect, if Donald Trump had said, Oh, you know, I thought, insert Spanish sounding name, uh, was a item on Taco Bell's menu. It's like, oh, you racist, you bigot. But no, but because yeah. he's on their team, you know, it just sort of slides under the rug. And I mean, for his sake, the groping thing was probably good that it happened because otherwise people would be focusing on this. That's a good point. Well, what's better though? It's all crap. It's, yeah, that's. There's no anything good. He said, I hug all the female artists and the male artists. Everybody that was up, I shook their hands and hugged them. Yeah, but you didn't grope all of their chests, bro. Right. You're not groping anybody else but this young woman. And how do you, how do you not recognize someone like clearly pulling away? Oh, no, he recognized because you could, you could tell yeah. that he had, a, he had a death grip on her. Yeah, like, the further she tried pulling, the, you know, the stronger he was just trying to keep her in place. Like, you could tell by looking at the video. Yep, he knew exactly what he was doing. It's, I think it's pretty plain that he did. And, and this kind of man needs to be held accountable. Yeah. You know, women, women are calling it out, and there are men calling it out, too. And honestly, and I mean, I'm going to put this on you guys. This is the work of men to call, to hold men to a better standard. Because then you've got feminists who think all men, you know? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is, this is 
this is, and, and I, I feel like it's my job to call out women, but women are misbehaving too, sure. you know, and I'll call out a man's misbehavior, but I think that the correction of misbehavior has to come from one of your own, Sure, <laughs> you know, and that's a biblical principle. And, right, right. Not, it really not is. For nothing, not for nothing, but isn't this supposed to be a man of God also? Right. You know, and, and in front of everyone, he's just that's so biblical blatantly. Cut his hand off. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But part of the problem with today's society is I do speak up when men act like this and I get called a white knight and an ally right. and a right. sort of boy and whatever other stupid name. I don't even know what it means half the time. So it's just, I don't, I don't, you know, take any offense to it. I don't really care. But right. I mean, it's a, it's, you got, you know, if these people, if men are going to, um, not be honest with themselves and be immature and call you those names for standing up for the dignity of women, they're not thrown. Like, they're not being men. They're being assholes. Sure. And they being... can say whatever they want to say about you doesn't make it true. Yeah. I don't, you know? I don't care. I really don't. But but my point is is that that's what happens when, when men do try right. to stand up like that. You know, yep. they get pushed into that ally group of, you know, being... Uh, a femme boy, right. you know, so part of the problem. Well, that that's also done by people who just don't want to be corrected, so they, right. you know, mm -hmm. it's usually the ones who are guilty of something are the loudest and yep. the ones pushing back the most. They're the ones who in the comment threads, when women are saying, hey, this is a problem, men, can you fix this? They'll be the first ones to say, not all men. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah. If you have to say not all men, you are the problem. <laughs> right. You know? Just having to correct. Well, I've never done this. It's like, okay, great. Your anecdotal, your anecdotal proof is really furthering this discussion. Thank you. Right. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate that that a we've got these issues that present themselves at funerals. And it's pretty ridiculous that we can't memorialize people in a sane way, ever. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about their achievements. We can. We've got to talk about the current administration and how they, you know, don't like it. Oh, John right. McCain. You know, let's see. Megan McCain said, we gather here to mourn the passing of American greatness, the real thing, not cheap rhetoric from men who will never come near the sacrifice he gave so willingly, nor the opportunistic appropriation of those who live lives of comfort and privilege while he suffered and served. Like, why do you got to make comparisons? It Isn't it funny, though, when the left, so it kind of harkens to when um, the Trump administration barred transgender people from the military and the left is all, they have a right to go or be in the military. And, and it's like, wait a second, aren't you guys the pro or the anti-war guys? Yeah. You know, you're trying to fight for people to be able to go die for the right. country. Yeah. How bizarre like, is that? Your problem. That's probably and the most anti-trans thing I've ever heard. Right. And now they're doing the same thing with John McCain. They're like, oh yeah, pro-war hero. And, and this <laughs> so many people can't take them seriously is because they don't even have the dignity to have their own beliefs match up with each other. Right. And it, 
it's terrible. It's like, guys, look in the mirror. Like, if you have an agenda that you want to push and, and, and a message you want to speak about, in order to be taken seriously, show some consistency. You know what I mean? Like, they're consistently inconsistent. Yes. Right. That's their only consistency. It's, it's the whole, you know, without double standards, the left wouldn't have any standards at all. Yes. I was just going to say that. And they don't seem to they don't seem to see a problem with it either. Here's another here's some I just want to read some of Megan McCain uh her speech about her father. Well, not really about her father, pretty much about Donald Trump. And it just so happened to be at her father's funeral. The America of Don McCain has no need to be made great again because America was always great. We live in an era where we knock down old American heroes for all their imperfections when no leader wants to admit to fault or failure. You were an exception and gave us an ideal to strive for. Uh, my father had, and it goes on, my father had every reason to think the world was an awful place. My father had every reason to think the world was not worth fighting for. My father had every reason to think the world was worth leaving. He did not think any of those things. Like the hero of his favorite book, John McCain took the opposite view. That was, that was pretty nice of her to say. And you know, I don't, I really, this should have been like all funerals should be about memorializing the person that this family lost, you know, and I had, my heart is with that family. You know, they sure. lost their father, their grandfather, their husband. Like, I understand that, you know, and she's going to, she's going to think different things about her father than the American public is going to think about him. And the same with, with his wife, you know, they're, and his grandchildren and whoever else is really close to him. And that's really what this should have been, you know? And the same with Aretha Franklin. Yes, she like this amazing contribution to music. Make it about that, you know? Don't invite these creepy men who are meaningless to sit on stage and grope young women. Talk about Aretha, memorialize her in her songs, mm -hmm. you know, and pay homage to the fact that she believed in God and she believed that she was going to heaven when she died and memorialized that, that she gets to be there now, you know? And that's, I mean, that's the way we look at it in the Catholic, the Catholic mass. So I don't know if you've ever been to a Catholic funeral, but they're very somber. And it's about, like, you don't get to just play whatever music you want to play and do whatever the heck you want to do. There's a requiem because it's not, a, it's not actually about the person. That's right. what the wake is for. The religious service is about honoring that this person we hope and pray is now in the glory of God, you know, or at least in purgatory on their way. Yeah, the Wait, waiting around. Right. <laughs> We're not, you know, putting, propping people up on stage to, you know, boost their own egos. We're honoring God in that service and honoring the person's devotion to God in that service. <clears throat> and it just, it drives me nuts. And I think that it's pretty, like both of these funerals, the politics and the sexual harassment and the ostentatiousness of both of them, they really exemplify where we've gotten, I mean, it, look at, you can parallel it to the wedding industry too, you know? We've gotten to this point where these rites of passage in humanity are just show. And it's not about honoring us as human beings and honoring uh, the, the God that we, some of us believe in and, you know, or whatever God, whoever believes in. 
it's not about about that human dignity anymore. It's mm. just about putting on a show and pleasing the audience. And it's so gross. And it doesn't, it, it's, it's, there's so many things that are so related to it that are, um, I, that I think the argument um, about the dignity of the human person could be made. You know, if we want to talk about the trans movement, the abortion argument, um, the fact that we, you know, the wedding industry, the funeral industry, all of it is so tied together, if you really look closely at it, that we just, we, it, it comes down to not honoring the dignity of humanity, I think. And <clears throat> these two funerals really exemplified that for the public, if they're paying attention. And, and I don't even think that, <clears throat> I don't even think that the, the McCain funeral um, or series of funerals. <laughs> yeah, we're on like day 12 of was, the McCain funeral. Was it was about pleasing the crowd. I think it was just about furthering a message. Right. You know, you know and it's like, I kind of, I'm kind of. But that is pleasing a crowd though. That's the political crowd. Yeah, they get off on that. Political theater. So it's. It is totally the pleasing, pleasing the crowd. But I'm kind of torn. Part of me is like, I kind of feel bad for his family because I'm like, look at, look at, you know, five days of this crap. Like, think about what his family's going through. You know, these are people who knew him very, very well and loved him with their, with, you know, from the bottom of their heart. And they have to go through five days of this. But at the same time, I'm like, and I, you know, <laughs> anecdotally, I've never really liked Megan McCain. Even when she was on Fox News, I was just kind of like, she seems like, uh, just a stuck-up brat to me, but um, you know, to to take half of her father's eulogy to poke at a sitting president, I just think is disrespectful to her father. You know, right? I think it's really low, low, low brow. And it's just priorities being screwed up, and it shows and, her pettiness. And I have nothing against John McCain. I know he, you know. I know he has, he did some good things. I know he did some bad things, but I think it kind of is petty of him to say that Trump wasn't allowed to go and, and that Palin wasn't allowed to go. Like, <laughs> was, was there some falling out that I didn't hear about between McCain and Palin or did she do anything disrespectful to him? I mean, I think she made him look stupid in public and that's the falling out. <laughs> You know, uh, but also at the same time, the last time I checked, you can't really bar people from funerals unless there's like a restraining order. And it's tacky if you show up and you're not like yeah. somebody doesn't want you there. Right. But funerals are for the living, really. Funerals are not for the dead person. They don't care. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> you know, they're dead. They're not there. And how, for the living. and you know, it's like to help the grieving process, but how bizarre is it that like to help the grieving process, it makes sense to, you know, bring up the current president. Like, wouldn't that just make you more upset? If that guy's really pissing you off, why would you want him associated with someone that you really, really loved? You know, why would you even bring him up? Well, so here's the problem. Tinfoil hat time, guys. Um, you know, the government are two wings of the same ideology. The two parties? It, it, yes. It's, it's us versus them, meaning the voters versus the controlling class. And Trump has been done. He's, 
if you really pay attention, he's done nothing, his presidency has done nothing but prove that. Because he didn't have, he wasn't a card-carrying member to the country club. He just kind of showed up and was like, hey, I'm just me, and yeah, I'm flawed, and maybe I'm a bully and a baby, but I'm. this is, you know, what I have to say. And some people were like, I like what you have to say. And he got put in place, and everybody freaked out. Everybody's heads exploded. And now funerals about people in his own party, oh, I should say of, members of his own party, are being used as anti-Trump propaganda rallies. And I think this is just proof that we have the illusion of choice. This isn't a democracy. It doesn't matter who you pick, unless you pick somebody who's outside the club, which Trump was. Hmm. And, and even if Sanders was at one time not a card-carrying member, he certainly is now. I'd like to just say that because, you know, I hate that communist. But, you know, those, those are supposed to be the two big change agents, and that's why everybody got behind them. I thought for sure, and actually Justin was the one who was like, no, you're going you're gonna to be wrong. I thought that when Bernie lost, that his supporters would go to Trump. I really actually did. Because I thought the bottom line was, we want an outsider. But that didn't happen, especially when Bernie came out and said everyone followed Clinton and everyone, okay, whatever you say. Yeah, and the bizarre part was everyone found out that they were working against, you know, Clinton and the DNC were working against Bernie. So you'd think that people would see that and be like, oh, that, why would I vote for a party that's actively working against someone that I want to support? Because right. there's, no, there's no dignity. And they got manipulated into thinking that Trump's existence is worse than any of that stuff. But that's where we are now. I'm not a Trump fan, by the way, for the record. But I find myself defending him because all of this bullcrap that everyone keeps, it's just lumping things together invalidly. Yeah, mm -hmm. guy's kind of a jerk. He really is. I, I, but, you know, he's not a friggin' Nazi because he uses Twitter. What is wrong with you? That is so disrespectful right. to the history a, of the world. I have a good friend who says her husband, who loathes Donald Trump, is considering voting for him just because of all of the ignorant rhetoric mm -hmm. and people not paying attention and just calling him a Nazi for no reason. Mm -hmm. And all this right. kind of thing, you know, the funeral and whatnot, it just, it just fuels that fire, you know? Right. We've got a prominent Republican daughter eulogizing that Donald Trump is a Nazi, you know? It's just, it's just in poor form and people need to start thinking a little bit more. Absolutely. So how do you guys want your funerals to be? Um, That's the real question. That is a good question, though, because you kind of got to plan it. I, I want a guy with bagpipes, for sure. I want it. I really want it like uh, Braveheart style. Mm. Outside and no casket. They just toss a body in the ground. Either that or um, Star Wars. Uh, Jedi style, where they just set the body on fire. Right. The Vikings did that too. Yeah. Tires. Yeah, I don't want it in like a, in a church with, you know, people going up and, I'd like people to say things, you know, not so much like I want this person to speak and this person to speak, but if they feel compelled to speak, I'd mm -hmm. like that. Nothing longer than an hour, because I mean, just put me in the ground already or set me on fire get it over with 
So yeah, very simple. I, I'd say just cremate me and have a party. Anybody who cared about me, get together, have a good time, enjoy each other. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's all. My family already knows that I don't want to be chemically <laughs> Wrap me in some muslin, put me on some dry ice in my house, because you can have a home funeral. Hmm. A lot of people don't know that. And I'll draw attention to a resource in just a minute for, for listeners. Um, put me on some dry ice on a table in my house, wrap me in muslin, throw some flowers and incense around me because bodies start smell a little, and have a party in my house with me there. Like, that's exactly. what I want. Like Week Ernie style? Yeah, like, and, and <laughs> for a couple of days. Like, I don't care if it lasts a couple of days. Like, do that. I want that celebration for my family's sake, you know? And then I want my Catholic Requiem, you know, give me my Catholic Requiem, put me in consecrated ground. I don't want a box. If I have to have a box, make it simple. I don't expect my funeral to cost more than $1,500, honestly, right. you know, there's no reason it has to. And, and people don't realize that. I don't think people understand that you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a funeral. You know, people are going bankrupt. <laughs> because of funeral expenses when a loved one dies and that's completely ridiculous you know you don't have to pay the mortuary when you can do it in your home you can mm -hmm. wash a body you can go without embalming you know you have to check some certain regulations in your areas but if you can get a coroner to move the body into the house then then you're solid yeah all i need is some gasoline and some matches and that's pretty much what the expenses are for my funeral <laughs> That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying cremate me. And then, you know, and don't mourn my loss. Just celebrate my yeah. life. You know? Oh, I want, I want to be mourned. That I'm gone, get together and give each other a good time. I that's want it, people you know? to be devastated that I'm gone. Don't get, don't kid yourself. I want people's lives to be just rattled and questions of, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life once I'm gone. <laughs> like, oh. I do have a requirement of music, though. They have to play Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes at least once hourly i want abracadabra i want abracadabra by the steve miller band <laughs> and then africa by toto for sure oh, i want those two my other favorite song yeah just just start the whole thing off africa by toto and just get everyone like okay yeah this is all right set this guy on fire let's do this like every cover of it mm -hmm. that you can find <laughs> On repeat, like, oh, the next cover, the next cover. Okay. And then um, Blinded by the Light as well, uh, you know, because that, that talks about burning things. And then Hot in Here by Nelly. <laughs> you know, at first I couldn't tell if you were trolling, but. <laughs> I, it's not going to happen because the loved ones don't, they're not going to do that for me, but. If I had it my way, yeah, because it'd be funny. Because at the end of the day, that's what I'm about. I just want to be funny. Right. Well, I mean, that's what, if that's what you want and your family knows you, you know, I think they would probably accommodate it at least a little. My brothers would know? for sure. My, my mom would so, say that it's ridiculous, but my brothers would be all about that. Um, I, I wanted to, oh, what's your announcement? We have officially hit 200 followers on Twitter. Wow! 200 Woo. 
What are you doing? What are you doing for that? By the way. Okay. Just so we know. Um, I wanted to draw attention to a resource. So we, I was talking to my friend Josh, who, as I mentioned to you guys, works in the funeral industry, and he uh, has a website, funerals.org, and it's a consumer advocacy group for funeral planning, mm -hmm. so that people aren't raked over the coals um, with funeral expenses, and that people. Uh, are empowered to learn about what their laws are in their states or their municipality or whatever um, for funerals and, and caring for their dead. So I just wanted to, and I'll post a link on the page too, because I think it's an important, um, an important thing to, an important resource to have um, for people since we're talking about funerals. Yeah. It's kind of a morbid topic, but you know, but it's, you know, it, it is and it isn't. It's it just a part of, it's a part of life. It doesn't have to be morbid. I mean, look at what the Catholic Church, we've got relics and we love our bodies and our catacombs. And it's about revering that, the dignity of that human being, you know, it's not, it's not about being morbid and creepy. It's like, this is a human being. Look at this amazing creation. You know, and now it's not with us anymore, but still look at it, you know, yeah. it's, really, mm -hmm. it's about joy and it's about honoring life, you know, and people make it creepy. Sure. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the only guarantee in life is that it will end. Yep. Well, there's front holes and taxes also. Front holes and taxes. God. Yeah, we haven't even talked about anything super controversial today, which is kind of good. No. We just, you know, I don't know if that's true. I, I, I don't know if, you know, calling John McCain's funeral services anti-Trump propaganda rallies isn't controversial. I don't think it's controversial. I think it's a fact, especially when the New Yorker and pretty much every publishing outlet is calling it that and saying that it's, you know, oh, this is a resistance meeting and you know, this shows why or the, John McCain was a true American hero and Donald Trump is just some guy who, you know, deferred military service. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I brought up a list of like six or seven articles and more than half of them were just Trump. More than half of them were McCain's funeral designed to take swipe at Trump and um, crap like that. And I was just... I didn't even have, before I even read the articles, I was like, wow, this is going to be fun. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just I, I kind of think it's pathetic. I do. I kind of think it's pathetic, and it's definitely disrespectful. And they think it's working. Yeah. Like, they don't understand that in order to win elections, you need more people to vote for you. And you don't do that by insulting said people who you want to vote for you or insulting the person who those people voted for. They need, right. there needs to be some sort of inspiring being done. Uh, something to get people, some sort of message that you're putting out there to get people to back what you think. You know, but they don't, they don't have that. They don't have any, anything ideological that people could get behind. So they have to just put out this, oh, well, we're better. You know, we're, we're just better people. So you should automatically right. vote for us. You're seeing that in pretty, I mean, I've got 
a cousin who the other day was telling me that, you know, oh, how could you not support Beto over Ted Cruz? Because, you know, Beto's so much younger and cooler. And I'm like, those are not, those are not voting issues. Being younger, younger and hipper aren't, those aren't things you vote on. You vote on policy. Not only that, but it, it doesn't matter. You know, if we, if we don't start convincing people to vote third party, nothing's going to change. Nope. That's no, really what I think. I, I really, you know, and I don't, I don't even care, you know, like what parties pop up because of it, but we need to get rid of the two party system. We need to. It's sports uh, right now. It's like, you just want your team to win. It doesn't matter what your team represents. It's just right. a team. So you just want to win. And what I think people need to hear is that it doesn't matter if you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump. Your life will get better if we do something about the two-party system. Everybody will be happier. You know, and maybe we would take that illusion of choice and turn it into actual choice. It goes back to the just being sports, though, because it's like, well, I, I don't want to vote for someone who won't win. For, you know, I don't want to vote for someone who doesn't let me be a winner at the end of the day. Like, I'll, I'm just going to join a team that has a chance to win. And it doesn't matter if I support their views on things. It's just I want to be on a winning team. Think about the circular reasoning of that, though. I understand that, but you, people are stupid. The majority of people are really, really dumb. They have to be told what to think. You know, you, you've got people who are boycotting fast food places based on who they're giving money to. Never mind that In-N-Out donated $50,000 to Democratic candidates. It's the fact that they donated $25,000 to a Republican candidate is, oh, well, you know, now we need to boycott. But I've been told by Huffington Post and CNN that I should boycott them because they're not doing everything that I want politically. Right. Like people are stupid. They can't just enjoy food. <laughs> they can't just enjoy food. And I'm not the biggest in and out fan, but it's That's not the point though. Yeah, the point is my point is people are dumb. Right. And incapable of thinking for themselves in large part. Right. That's 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 the point. Like we're just told what our opinion should be. We don't you know, and then and then we mock people who make decisions for themselves because you know and it's bipartisan. It's not left or right. It, you know, this isn't exclusive to either group. I mean, you know, you have people who try to, like, during the election in 2016, you had people, super hardcore right-wingers saying, like, oh, you know, Trump may have had affairs, but so did King David. And I'm just like, what? You cannot draw, like, you cannot compare those two individuals. Like, like... King David had power and committed his adultery, whereas you can't vote for a guy and then hope he turns into King David. Right. But that, yeah, that's just stupidity does not know political affiliation. Right. I'm sorry, I just sort of went off on that. No, and... (laughs) You know, I just, I want to... Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just—I just want to come up with an organized game plan into showing people where they're going wrong and where the two-party system is going wrong, and convincing them that, that you know, 
a change in that is what needs is what needs to be had. It's sort of you know we sort of we need to take the power back. This isn't a democracy, and I know it's not supposed to be, but but we don't really have choice because no matter who we vote for, basically the same crap is going to happen. Yeah, you know policies might might be different marginally, but they're just eventually going to be reversed back anyway. <laughs> because if there are solutions to things, then you can't run on those problems. Right. If, if Republicans got immigration, complete, you know, com huge immigration reform, suddenly Republicans can't run on the issue of immigration. If, you know, someone legalizes marijuana, then you can't run on you legalizing marijuana because it's already been done. So once a problem's solved, you have no use for that issue. Well, do you think that's going to happen? What, legalization? Yeah. Like oh. Full, full legalization across the country? Yeah, I think so. I think Trump's going to do it probably before 2020 and get just everyone, not everyone, but just get a ton of voters that way. Just like, hey. Saving it. It's yeah. His, it's his back pocket. Yeah, it's his ace in the hole. Why do it now and then have people pissed off at you in a few years and totally forget what you did when you can just do it at the last second and get everyone on your, on your side? It'd be really good for our gubernatorial candidate in Minnesota if he would do it right now because Jeff Johnson would totally get on board with it. He's for medical legalization, mm -hmm. but he's not for recreational. I'm not, I mean, I'm for it. I, I'm not a pot smoker and I think it's stupid, but I think it should be legalized, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes back to, it just goes back to freedom and liberty and letting people make their own choices for themselves. That's exactly it, you know, yes. Right. As long as it's treated like alcohol is, you know, there, we put some regulations in place that, you know, will, you know, make it illegal to, uh, you know, drive while intoxicated or something along those lines, then I think that people should be able to have the decision to smoke if they want to smoke. It's not, you know, it's not heroin. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, not to mention it does have a lot of, uh, a lot of medical benefits, you know? Right. And even if it um, didn't, I'm just on the, like, make your own choices. Like, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, you should be able to do something. Exactly. You know, the second that your, your choice impacts someone else in a physical way, you know, because people, oh, well, it upsets me that someone else smokes. It's like, no, it doesn't count. You being pissed off at someone else doing something isn't a valid reason for anything. Right. But the second you do something that, you know, you crash your car into someone else, then, you know, you should be punished for that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we just had this conversation. My children understand this concept. Okay. We were getting up and getting ready for math morning. It's my son Gabriel's birthday. Um, and I have to go soon because I'm at 5%. But my son's Gabriel, Gabriel's birthday today, and he got up and he decided he was going to play with his brother's DS. And my older son was grumpy when he woke up. He's like, I'm in a bad mood and I want to sleep. And then he went out and started terrorizing Gabriel because Gabriel was playing with DS. And they got into a fight about it, like a physical fight. And I yelled at them both, but particularly Deggery, because he was in a bad mood. And on an ordinary day, he wouldn't have cared about mm. the DS. You know, he would have been like, oh, what are you doing? Like, and he would have 
waited until Gabriel was done with whatever battle. But today he's like, I'm in a bad mood. So I'm going to physically assault my brother, <laughs> you know, and it's not okay. You can't just because you have a feeling about something doesn't mean that your action is justified. Right. And I'm at 3%. So I'm going to bail and let you guys do the plugging and shilling and I'll see everybody next time. We'll have a, have a lovely birthday with your child. We will. Thank yes. you. Happy birthday to him. Bye everyone. If I can get out of it. <laughs> You're stuck with us. I know. I can't. My phone is being ridiculous too now. I can't even. Oh, well, I just might die. <laughs> she can't escape. I can't escape the show. You're going to. You're going to be podcasting forever. We're going to be off the air <laughs> for hours and you're still, you're just going to be stuck here. That's awesome. It's like an episode of Black Mirror. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> you have like gone into the phone and you are no longer in the outside world. You are just stuck inside of Skype. It feels that way now and I'm getting a little nervous about the prospect. <laughs> well, all I want to do is plug things. Yeah, so to the plugging, um, obviously we'll be back on, on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, and, uh, there she goes. 8 Eastern, 7 Central. And, um, come join us on Twitter, uh, at Illusions, D-E-S-T-R-1. Yeah, how did you get so many followers so quick? Um, I'm just basically following everybody who our followers are following. Okay. You know, and uh, I figure most of them will be contributors, you know. Some of them might not realize what they're getting into yet, but, <laughs> um, you know, more followers the better. And then if people want to, you know, take themselves out of it, they can do that. And eventually be super fans. And exactly. once we get donations going, donate. Exactly. Well, uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Illusions Destroyed. It's mostly just memes and funny things. Um, pretty truthful, but it's yes. it's just funny. I I try to keep people entertained that way. I'm I'm proud of the Instagram. I must say. Thank you. Uh, I just want people to giggle, man. I'm not trying to change the world with an Instagram post. I'm just trying to make people laugh a little bit at the absurdity of reality. And maybe, you know, maybe show some inconsistencies in everyone's thinking also at the same time. Indeed. Indeed. I'm not, and I understand that, you know, we're, we try to be in the middle because both parties are very, uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want mean, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious that all three of us lean right, but you know Yeah, there's no agenda podcast has dimension A and dimension B. Both people live in one or the other. You know, you have the conservative people who live in dimension A and then you have dimension B people who put on pussy hats and <laughs> scream at the sky. Right. So I think I'm I think I'm pretty moderate because I, I do have some liberal ideals, but not, not many. And even, even the ones I do have, you know, I, I look, 
the point is the radical sides of both just need to shut up and yes. moderate sides of both just need to sort of realize how much they have in common with the other. And the second that people stop realizing or don't understand, choose to not understand that neither, you know, conservatives nor liberals want to make the world a worse place. Nobody right. wants to make life hell for anyone else. Mm -hmm. But there's some sort of disconnect there where people do believe that where people you know oh they, they just want to ruin the country oh why do you want to ruin america and it's like no they they genuinely think that that's the best thing for everyone yes they might be misinformed but their intentions are good yeah absolutely well i don't well, well let me ask you a question an opinion question do you think that that's what the radical left is doing because i don't think they care about the future of america i think they care about the individuals in it which isn't bad in and of itself but i think they're losing the bigger picture i don't under, i don't think that they truly uh care about people on an individual basis they virtue signal that they do mm. you know they want everyone to think how they think right and the same goes for well i don't think the people i don't think people on the extreme right care i think that they they just they go about their thing you know, they push what they want to push and don't really care about. Yeah, that's true. Which what? I guess is something to be admired, but they're idiots, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's just, it's, it's two extremes. And in that, in that way, they are different. Like the extreme left, they genuinely do want what they believe is best for humanity and for society, as misguided as it may be. And the same goes for the extreme right, but it just it it doesn't look that way because you're you're doing what you think is right, and then you see someone doing something else, and you think, oh well, my motives are pure, and they're going against it, so they must hate America. Right. When it's the exact right. opposite. When it's you know. Right. We're both trying to do our best. We're we're, we're yes, essentially we're both trying to do the same thing. We might have different views about how to go about that, but. And, you know, that was fine 10 years ago, but today it's dangerous because the media, the news, you know, people who are supposed to be professionals and, and trusted sources of information are manipulating their viewers into thinking that anybody who disagrees with them is evil and toxic and demonic and whatever else. So everybody's literally, literally just running from you know, disagreement conversations. Yes. And that's, nothing is ever going to get solved if you don't talk to people who disagree with you on a respectful level. Right, nobody wants to have a conversation though. They wanna say their talking exactly. point, wait for the other right. person to respond, and then come back with another talking point. There's no back and forth dialogue. Right. That's and what's sad, sad to me is that a lot of people are using it just as social status also. They, they don't even know what the hell they believe. They haven't put any thought into it. They're just like, well, Nine of the people I know agree this way and two disagree this way. So I'm going to go hang out with the nine and I'm going to believe everything they believe. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, it's like, get your head out of your ass. Stop worrying about how many friends you have and put some thought into the issues and decide what you believe. Don't let other people decide for you. Thinking's hard, man. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm the type of person that, you know, when I 
when I let other people make my decisions for me, I get frustrated and rebel. You know what I mean? Yep. I, so I don't know. Not thinking is hard in my opinion. Well, this was a good show. People got a little bit of bonus conversation. Out of yep. it. That's for free. So <laughs> we'll have donations set up this week so that people can donate. You can find us on tons of apps. Now you can find us on anchor.fm. Uh, it's a podcasting app. You can find us on Spotify illusions destroyed. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Apple podcast uh, app, you can find us there. Um, I'm trying to think where else pretty much everywhere that podcasts are uh, hosted. You can find illusions destroyed at now. And we're on YouTube and we're on YouTube. I got to get our episodes up there, Okay. but I've just been, I've just been downloading the audio files of it. And so I'll, I should just really upload the audio because sometimes the video doesn't look great. Yeah. But it's not like we use video clips or anything that people need to see. We do a good job of reading what we're talking about. Well, America and the world have a lovely, blessed Sunday, and we will see you on Tuesday. On Tuesday, yep. Goodbye. Bye. We are out.